Hi guys, Paul Capon from the Innovation Community here. Today we're here with Steve Zobrist, who's a senior analytics leader at a prominent manufacturing company. Uh, Steve, great to have you on the show. Oh, thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Great. So just to start with, can you tell us a bit about yourself in a few words? Sure. I'm a recovering nuclear engineer. Uh, as a background, I also have an MBA. But my passion is uh, defining insights through analysis of data. Great. And where did your data career really start? I started early on. I worked in the nuclear industry for quite a while and analyzed everything from radiation protection to emergency planning scenarios using data. I've then moved on to the manufacturing company I currently work with, and I've had the opportunity, indeed the blessing, to be everything from manufacturing to HR to legal to, and now sales, sales analytics, providing insights for people to take action based on data. And, you know, when working with data and insights, what, do, what really interests you about working in that field? I think a lot of people traditionally have used their gut to make decisions. They have good instincts, uh, but, and they're using data that they have inside their head, but it's not necessarily the correct state. So using both the instincts of the traditional business leader as well as the data that can be divine to show what really is happening within the universe that is out there. I think there's so much coming at us these days that it's really hard for anyone to take it all in, to provide the insights through visualization, things like that is something that I think in today's environment you have to have because the, the pace of change is increasing at such a rapid rate. And, and you touched on the fact that you worked in the, these fields in, in diverse environments. Can you outline some of the major successes that you've achieved throughout your career? I think some of the, the most interesting things have been kind of building a foundation. So whenever I first came to the, my current company, we basically had a very traditional IT structure where you literally passed a note over to a programmer to get a piece of data out of the system. Then three days later, you got your information, which of course was not the right information that you really wanted. You, you didn't write the request as well as you'd like. So then you had to start all over again. I petitioned the CIO to say, hey, can I query my own data and then make the insights I need out of that? And from that, I've gone all the way through the company up through and including working directly for our CEO and our president to provide those kind of insights because no matter what, you don't understand the question until you've got the data. And so it's an iterative process throughout. Uh, yeah, Steve, tell me about a time you affected change in a major organization and also some of the challenges that came with that. I think using this last example, I think that was one of the biggest ones. We had a traditional structure where people asked a little bit of information of the data. We didn't get any knowledge. We didn't get any wisdom. If you're familiar with the, the wisdom pyramid, which I'm a big advocate of, if you think of the data at the bottom and then that turning into information, but then that turning into knowledge and eventually into wisdom, you can make more effective decisions. The idea behind all of the major change that I've done is figuring out what kind of structure the data needs in terms of what are the relevant parameters what are the timeframes that we're talking about? And one of the things I've most learned is what is the effect of time on the data? So what is the trend? 
because looking at a point in time is almost irrelevant. You've got to understand where the puck is going, if you will, to quote Gretzky. Great. And, and moving on to the more the, the technology side, what effects do you think technology will have on the landscape over the next few years? I think the it's kind of cliche almost to say that the data itself is exploding. Um, certainly the, the ability to collect the data, the, the, the storage, everything like that, the computing power is just amazingly um, growing at an exponential rate. I've, I've never seen anything like that in, in my career but I'm learning to appreciate it. And the fact that we're going to have more and more of this in the future is only going to require better and better business questions to be asked of the data because they're knowing 1% more out of your information than your competitor is going to give you that competitive edge. Absolutely. And, and that's the, the, the tech side. How do you engage and communicate with your senior leadership team when it comes to the buy-in piece? So, Normally, what's, what happens in these kinds of situations is I'm asked a business question. I'm asked a question. I often, the first thing I do is re- reframe the question and say, okay, what are, what's, your, what's your insight? What action are you going to take based on my answer? And usually, it's not the same question then. What I also then find is, and one of my favorite uh, senior business leaders loves to call it painting a rock. So what we do is he'll ask me a question, I'll reframe it, I'll give him a set of information. Then we'll just both decide together, that's not sufficient for him to take the most appropriate action. So we've, got a, we've now got a rock that's painted green. Now he says, I want the rock painted with, with polka dots. And I go back and I do it again. And then the third time he says, that's, that's really good, but th- this would be optimal if you could tell me this about the business. And then we paint that rock with pink polka dots instead of blue polka dots. Uh, We've come to joke about this quite a bit. And in fact, I'm in the middle of a project right now with him to dramatically change the way we focus on our forecasting that allows us to use existing data structures in a way we've never done before, already using existing data. So the the idea would be um, we've already got a lot of data in the system that can help us forecast what they were doing was grabbing it, throwing into the traditional Excel spreadsheet and playing around with it. What we've done is automated it so that everyone has the same page. We've already got a lot of the information in our CRM systems and in our ERP systems. Combining that, you can get a a much better forecast that then people can go, that's still not right. But at least now I understand what the system is seeing and how we're forecasting in other places in the business. But the iterative development is the key. It's You're never going to get it right the first time what I often talk to people about is the first time I'm going to get it about 70% right. The second time I'm going to get it about 95% right. The third time I'm going to get it 99% right because I never, I always hold out that last 1% for continuous improvement as we go along. Absolutely. Very uh, manufacturing focused that mindset on CI there. Um, last main question from me, what was the biggest mistake that you made during your career in your opinion? Sure. I've, I've taken on a number of technology projects where the business meets tech. And what inevitably happens is, in my case, I'm, I'm a big fan of both our business side and our tech side that we have available. But I often underestimate the, the level of complexity that will be required. And so we talk about both the dollars and the time required to deliver a product. I've made the mistake in the past and I'm trying not to do so in the future to say, 
it's going to take six months and $300,000 to complete this project whenever that isn't even close. Whenever you really get into the nuts and bolts of it, it's going to take much more than that to make the, the product really effective. Great. And what's the best piece of advice that you've received in your professional career? In my professional career, I think it's, um, it's learning based on my last answer. It's making sure that the plan is effective, that we don't underestimate what is needed, including, and it's all well and good to, to provide the best technology in the world but the change management aspect of it, getting people to understand how the technology can be leveraged is just as important as the technology. And often it's harder to get people to change their ways. Mm, definitely. And, and, and whether it's professional or personal, who's your favorite thought leader or author or, or maybe influencer uh, when it comes to your, your own personal development? Thanks. Um, I, would, I would offer two people if that's okay. Um, I would offer Seth Godin. I subscribe to his um, most everything he writes on a daily basis. I just find him to be a fascinating thinker in terms of marketing, which is his strong suit, but even about the way you think about business. And if I go more tech and analytics, I'm a big fan of Thomas Davenport as well. And do you have any favorite, favorite quotes from those guys, things that really stuck with you moving forward or anyone else for that matter? So my, my favorite quote, and it kind of goes back to what we talked about a little bit earlier in this, in this episode, is actually from Einstein. Um, he, he, he was asked once, how would you save the world if you only had an hour? And he gave it some thought, and he came back with a great answer that's kind of a quote. I'll, I'll probably butcher it, but we'll get close. He said, I would spend the first 55 minutes of the hour formulating the right question, because then in five minutes I could actually solve it. And as opposed to what most, and, and that's the quote, what most people do is spend 55, 59 of the minutes trying to solve the, solve the problem without asking the right question. And last question for me, what advice would you give for aspiring leaders in manufacturing who are working with data? I think it's expose yourself to a lot of different things, including things like this podcast. I think you can never know enough information subscribing to podcasts, subscribing to Flipboard, understanding where the, the, the industry is going and talking to other people. Um, I'm actually starting up a couple of mastermind groups, if you're familiar with that term, of like-minded people where we're actually discussing um, the tenets of analytics and how they can be leveraged more effectively. Great. Uh, Steve Colvis, uh, Senior Analytics Leader. Um, Thanks so much for joining us. Some great insights there. And I know that our members are uh, really happy with that. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. 